With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. You're gonna acknowledge me. What is going on, everybody, guys and girls? Welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review with Mike and John, right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter and on Instagram at MichaelRitter5, also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on all of your other podcasting platforms. Now, I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way early right here on the show. I obviously, as you can probably already know by now, do not have my equipment. I'm on the road. If you were in the Discord server earlier in the day, you know that I attended SmackDown here in OKC. So I'm in an Airbnb right now, and I'm just going to go ahead and get it out in the open right now. This might not be the best quality episode sound-wise, audio-wise. I'm going to do the best I can to go around this, but I do have a pretty crappy headset, so I'm going to try as best as I can not to sound like an absolute stooge. On this episode, and I'm going to really toss it to my co-host John here and let him really kind of carry the episode for us. But I'm also obviously going to be chiming in. But John, how do I sound? Is it like as bad as I think it is? And other than that, how you doing, buddy? Uh, no, it's not that bad, man. I mean, for, you know, the situation and everything like that, you actually sound pretty good. But I'm doing pretty good. Uh, excited for this uh, SmackDown review. So, yeah, let's get this thing rolling. Now, we're going to talk about the SmackDown that aired on February 4th, 2022 from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Like I just mentioned a little bit ago, I was at this SmackDown. So pretty exciting. I really wish that I had my actual headset and my actual mic with me so I can, you know, go full 
I guess, full speed on this episode, not hold back, because I do feel like kind of I have to hold back on this, so I can't really unleash my excitement because this really was a good episode of SmackDown, to be honest. I mean, I it, there wasn't a whole lot of action, I guess you can say. The matches that came, they were few and far between, and they were quick whenever they did come. So there wasn't – like this wasn't a wrestling-filled show. It was mainly a bunch of video packages and long promos. Especially the opening one with Roman Reigns. That one took up damn near 17 minutes of the show where we found out his next challenger at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. So I guess with all that being said, do you want to go ahead and get into this opening segment? What were your thoughts on it? Paul Heyman basically explaining himself as to why he switched and went back to Roman Reigns from Paul Heyman basically saying that he admitted he made a mistake by telling Roman Reigns. That he needed to be protected from Brock Lesnar. In fact, he learned that it was the other way around. So he decided to, I guess, back it up a little bit, backtrack, and go back to Roman Reigns' side, return as the special counsel to the tribal chief. What did you think about this segment? Oh, no, I thought it was pretty good. Um, It was kind of weird to see, like, an uh, easy transition for Paul to just come back, you know? I thought it'd be like a little bit more like maybe like backlash from like the Usos or, you know, maybe a little bit more of slander from Roman on them and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just like old times, I guess you could say. It feels kind of like normal, uh, not not too bad and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty good. I mean, of course, Roman, he's over here holding this belt 522 days, you know, so he, he's he's going along, you know, so I'm liking what's happening here. So what did you think about his next challenger? We were surprised, or at least I was. I oh, didn't yeah. expect Goldberg to show up. I really didn't. And like we've talked about off air, like I've mentioned on this show several times in the past, I was a WCW guy growing up, huge Goldberg fan. He was, in fact, my favorite wrestler in the late 90s. So you're not going to hear me say anything bad about Goldberg on the show right now. Uh, I understand there are some reasons to be upset for him getting this position and this opportunity given the whole i guess fallout from seth rollins brock lesnar kind of waiting in the wings there having an opportunity on raw for the wwe championship it's just really muddy right now and i feel like adding goldberg kind of just confusing confuses things even more don't you agree uh it definitely does i mean i definitely wanted to see the seth rollins thing play out a little bit more um I, I, I'm guessing there's like this little thing that happened. I mean, I, I wasn't in tune with it or everything like that, but I definitely want to go back and watch it. So I think it does kind of just fall into fall into line, you know, because it kind of puts uh, Seth back at Raw, you know, takes uh, Brock back to Raw as well. So it kind of it kind of puts these things in place, you know, how like the rant we had between the mix of the brands and stuff like that. So I think yeah. it's kind of like moving into better storylines, I guess you could say. Yeah, and Paul Heyman actually kind of explained how it was like a master plan mm -hmm. getting the championships on each brand, having Rock, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar kind of separated. Mm -hmm. That's clearly what you want to do if you are Paul Heyman, but bringing back Goldberg to fill the, fill the shoes of the number one contender, quote-unquote, on SmackDown for the Universal Championship – it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, honestly. I understand this is Goldberg's last match on his contract with WWE, so I don't know really what you want to um, – if you want to put any stock into that, if you actually think that this is going to be his last match. But it's just weird knowing that Roman Reigns has his opponent for WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar. They've already shown us the graphic of those two kind of facing off or whatever. It just doesn't make sense to me. Having another opponent in the way, you know, getting a fresh new opponent whenever we already know what's waiting for him. And Brock Lesnar going for another championship, it's all but confirmed. Brock Lesnar is going to win that championship back at Elimination Chamber, and we're going to have that champion versus champion match. Do you want to see that? Would you rather it be a triple threat if it is going to be champion versus champion and adding Seth Rollins to that mix? Or do you think that it should just be one-on-one -on -one champion versus champion? Uh, I would like to see uh, a triple trip involving Seth Rollins, you know? So, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm not too high on the uh, champion for champion thing. I just don't see uh, 
a reason for it right now. I agree with you, honestly. I, I'm right there with you. The fallout from WrestleMania 31 between Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins cashing in, that makes me want to see an official triple threat match at WrestleMania. But we'll see what happens. I do know that Goldberg is only a stepping stone. I don't know why his stepping stone and his little appearance in WWE has to always be involved with the top championship. Like, bring him back and have him ha- – like fighting a grudge match, have them, you know, get attacked backstage. Somebody say something bad about him on social media like Matt Riddle literally has in the past, like not in storyline. Matt Riddle has literally taken shots at Goldberg in the past and just calling him boring, all that stuff, just, you know, wanting to match with him. They have had a little bit of an interaction in the past that was caught on camera. Go look it up on YouTube if you haven't already seen that. But anyways – Goldberg's simply going to be a stepping stone for Roman Reigns. He's going to get past him, likely put Goldberg into retirement, and move on to WrestleMania. So that's really all I have to say about that one. Moving on to another segment. Which one was second? Now, I do believe it was... Ricochet. Ricochet versus Ridge Holland. You're right. See, I, I didn't take notes, obviously, being in the show. Or at the show, I didn't really have a lot of time to sit there and kind of chart it down like I normally do. Any breaks that I was taking from the show, I was conversating with people in the Discord chat. So that's one bonus. You kind of get a little bit of a, I guess, ear to the ground, on-site type of interaction. So just one thing that's pretty cool. Believe it or not, it seems like we have someone from the WWE podcast Go to a wrestling event damn near every week or at least every month. So shout out to all you guys for going to the events. But what do you think about this one? They've kind of been milking this here lately, the Ricochet versus Rich Holland and or Sheamus. Just wash, rinse, repeat. Rich mm-hmm. Holland ends up getting the win. And I did notice a new song. It's not like a typical new song. Whenever a wrestler gets a new song these days, typically it's like generic. There's no words behind it. It's just like – wrestler x theme song if you're like creating a video game hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Got your happy price, price line. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. But Rich Holland actually had lyrics, and it was kind of like character-based. Like it seemed like it was somebody from Ireland talking, and I don't know. It's something that I noticed. Maybe it was louder in, a, in the arena, so you might not have caught it at home. But just something that I noticed. Ricochet ends up getting the win in this initial match with Ridge Holland. But during commercial break, I guess, for the people watching at home – they didn't see Seamus actually got pissed off, pointed in the ring, said, hey, you two can't beat us two in a match. Adam Pierce comes out and makes it official, which is something that he loves to do. So we do. We get a tag team match there, and that is whenever Rich Holland ends up getting the win. What do you got to say about this one? Yeah, that was actually a pretty quick transition. Like I didn't actually like see – like of course, like it went to a commercial, so I didn't get to see like the in-ring thing with the Adam Pierce thing. So it was kind of like a – like, wow, you know, because that first one was just so freaking quick. I didn't even, like, I, I of course, uh, Ricochet got the win, but I didn't even see, like, what happened. You know, it was just so fast, me taking notes, and then, boom, this tag team match. It was good, though. I mean, I definitely put, like, a little little extra on top just because, like, how fast this one had to win. So, yeah, of course, uh, Ridge, he gets that uh, Northern Grit on Cesaro and gets that win. So it it, it was nice. Yeah, Cesaro takes the pinfall there. Him and Ricochet fell victim to Ridge Holland in the recent weeks. So Mm -hmm. Ridge, now that he's back from his broken nose, seems to be like a man on the mission. What segment actually happened after this one? Was it Jimmy Uh, Uso? 
Yeah, following this one was uh, Jimmy Uso versus Eric, you know, Viking Raiders and everything like that. I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, this one was another fast one, too, you know. But, I mean, the way that the Viking Raiders are moving, it's definitely good for their good for their status, I guess you could say. Um, other than that, the tag team championship that they're going to be having at the Elimination Chamber, you know, two freaking huge challenges for the bloodline coming up these you know, in that next freaking pay-per-view. But, like, what do you think? You know, I mean, of course, you you were there. You saw, like, a lot more stuff that we didn't see. Like, did you see anything that kind of popped out to you that kind of stood out for the Viking Raiders? Eric, he's what stood out. Just the way he started this match, really fast, really physical, doing, like, combat-type moves. Mm-hmm. I feel like him and Kevin Owens, just being bigger guys, they move and they are more athletic than what they should be. It's deceiving, oh, yeah. I guess I you agree. could say. And Eric, just him and Ivar as a tag team, they both do these type of moves where you just don't expect a guy of that size to be doing it. Mm-hmm. That's really all that I took, though, other than the Usos are on another level. They do have a big test here coming up oh, to yeah. try to defend these titles and continue their record-breaking streak as the champions. But Jimmy Uso throwing up the one, saying we the ones while he was hitting mm-hmm. that splash, that just tells you right there that they are on another level as a tag team right now. It's like Usain Bolt looking to the side and smiling as he's crossing the finish line for a 200-meter dash in the Olympics. Like these dudes are on another level. They can showboat before the match is even over. And I'm right – I mean I'm behind the Usos just like Oklahoma City yeah. was. The crowd same, was 100%. Behind the bloodline, there were so many uh, number one fingers being held up whenever Roman went out there, when the Usos went out there. So despite being booked as heels, these guys have a pretty big following, and I know you're a big fan as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like, good work right here, you know. I mean, of course, uh, Jimmy getting that freaking Uso splash off the top, like you were mentioning, that just, like, let it off top right there and letting them know that they're dominating, bro. So, I mean, it was good. But yeah, this one was pretty quick, and of course we move into that Aaliyah versus Natalia, and it was it was crazy, you know. I mean, I get it, but it's starting to get milked too much, you know. Uh, I mean, of course Natalia she comes out with that Guinness World's oh, World Record book again. Of, I don't know, trying to showboat or something like that. And of course Aaliyah she's our, she's undefeated here, you know, on Fridays she's doing pretty good, you know. So her coming out doing this and then she gets another win so she's staying undefeated so i'm liking it i'm liking it other than that what do you think i would like to see these wins come more traditional not a count out win not a roll up win in 3.17 seconds or whatever it was oh yeah i am an Aaliyah fan i do i think she's got potential she's got a great look she's one of the more beautiful women on the roster and that's just being objective i mean as a straight guy who is looking at the tv when i see Aaliyah, she's one of the more I mean, like Carmella was doing the tagline, most beautiful woman in WWE. I feel like Aaliyah is legitimately in that conversation, and that's, I guess, just my opinion. But that's not really what it's about. As far as in the ring, this was a battle of two Canadians, one from Calgary, one from Toronto. That's one thing I noticed when they were being introduced. I was like, okay, some good wrestling here. Canadian or Canada is known for producing wrestlers at a rapid rate, and not just wrestlers, Hall of Fame caliber wrestlers. So. Shout out to Canada. I know that they were featured heavily on tonight's episode of SmackDown. But yeah, Leah, didn't she say that she gets a one-on-one match here in two weeks now or next week, I believe it is, after this? Because after she gets the win, stays undefeated, count-out victory, Natalia yeah. is shown later kind of in backstage with Sonya Deville, and she requests a match. Am I wrong there, or did that actually happen in the show? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit later in the show. But yeah, she uh, she is approached and. She just wants it to be like a, a fair fight, I guess you could say. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I got some details on it. All right. Well, we can go ahead and move on then for now. What do you have next? What's the next segment here on the show? Uh, basically, what happens here is uh, the Drew McIntyre. He comes in. You know, there's a little backstage video. I'm not sure who Shotzi was standing with, but, you know, they seem a little, like, unexpected. You know, like him walking through with the big-ass sword and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah, as he's coming out, um, there's a little, uh, brutal, or of course they could show that little video from back then that had the attack on him versus, or I wouldn't say versus, but whenever Madcap and Corbin attacked him in the backstage. So yeah, that was kind of like bringing back the, like the, 
the sad memories of you know his injury and everything like that. But um, of course he be, uh, keeps going with or talking stuff like that, saying that the doctor said that he didn't feel as if he would make the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or anything like that. So yeah, he hits him with the ah, I can't do the little. He told him to kiss my ass. There you go. Pick me up right there, man. Yeah, so that was definitely freaking great to hear right there. So, I mean, it definitely puts, like, a lot of confidence be- um, be- behind his voice and stuff like that. So, what do you think? I, I mean, mean I, what, I wouldn't say get into the match yet, but what, what do you think about him coming back? About Drew coming back, I loved it. I was probably my most excited for the entire show during this segment. That's just being honest. I was fully invested. I was doing my Drew McIntyre impression in the crowd as he was talking. Whenever Mad Cat came up beside him, I said, oh, he about took a bloody sword to the face. Just kind of, you know, just going at it, doing my Drew McIntyre stuff. Because I love Drew. I'm a huge Drew fan. There's kind of been speculation that he's going to get his name thrown into the hat for Mm -hmm. WrestleMania main event for the Universal Championship. I think that, I mean, three is damn near too many, in my opinion. Like, whenever you have a story that's kind of right there for you, like Seth Rollins being added, that's totally fine. I'm on board with that. But just because Drew McIntyre is that caliber of a wrestler doesn't mean he has to be added right now. You can save that. It's okay with saving some bullets in the chamber. You know, you don't have to unload the clip right now for WrestleMania. You're going to need opponents for Roman Reigns or whoever wins at WrestleMania. So I think you could save Drew. Let him kind of get built up a little bit. Destroy people like Madcap and Baron Corbin. And then, you know, kind of get the fans behind you by saying how you came back from rehab like extremely fast unheard of he wasn't even supposed to be ready for wrestlemania like you alluded to and here he is back entering in the royal rumble so i'm I'm all for this i love drew mcintyre he's easily one of my top three top four wrestlers in the company right now so getting a chance to see him in person cut a promo with all that pyro and all the fire coming out i was in heaven watching drew mcintyre i agree i agree uh he's definitely like a big impact to the rock or to the roster yeah sorry about that but yeah um Keep on rolling here. You know, you see Happy Corbin comes out. You know, he's talking about the Pearl Rumble and how Drew threw out him and Madcap in that little time that they had. So, you know, give him a little crap, I guess you could say. But then Madcap, you know, he just tries to, like, randomly just sneak up on him. You know, Drew, he, he's on his toes. So he has that sword, like I was saying, pointed right at him. You know, stops him, like, dead in his tracks. And then basically what he wants him to do is just... Tell a few jokes, you know, try to make them laugh. Um, of course, yeah, man, it was, it, it was funny, you know. He get that I, I don't got the uh, jokes quote for quote, but the second joke, you know, kind of made him chuckle a little bit, you know. So of course he was playing along, and then nasty Claymore just comes in right in freaking head, man. What did you think about that? How did that sound? Like, did, could you hear it? It was one of the more loud Claymores, I will mm-hmm. say, but. It was just played off so good, I think. I'm, I'm trying to think how, how to say it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> whenever he said the joke, whenever he told the joke, I've been booing those jokes <laughs> at home on my TV, you know, for weeks and weeks now. <laughs> so getting a chance to boo one in person and actually be part of that with the Oklahoma City crowd, I was enjoying that. And it was one of the more, or I guess you could say one of the highlights of the SmackDown, just me being there, one of my experiences. Like I said, I was fully invested to, during the Drew McIntyre segment, so Madcap being out there, I just enjoyed every bit of this. Yeah, man, it was awesome. And of course, he turns over to Corbin, and he tells him he's going to make his life, you know, pretty horrible every week, you know. So yeah, Drew some, McIntyre, he means what he says. Yeah, yeah, there, there's some suspense coming into these next following weeks with what's going to be going on, you know, in between here and now, or here in the Elimination Chamber, I guess you could say. And and I missed this at, at the show, but you mm-hmm. said it was announced on TV that they're going to be going one-on-one at Elimination Chamber? Yeah, yeah, a little bit later in the show, yeah. They okay. announces with uh, the Caleb Braxton. Okay, yeah, go ahead, so, yeah. go ahead. But yeah, um, after that, you know, it uh, starts with the, a little video package with Sammy. He shows up to, I guess, the little premiere for Jackass. Yeah, the red carpet premiere. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it was a little interesting thing. And then here comes Johnny with the the cattle taser and just, you know, zaps him one time, you know, kind of gets him out of the way. So it, it was kind of cool to see 
Sammy get his actual actual taste that he needed, you know, on the jackass side of this. Yeah, if you want to hang around with the jackass guys, you're going to have to take some real bumps every now and then. You're oh, going yeah. to have to get tased. You're going to have to get your nuts kicked or something like that. Like there's going to be situations where, I mean, initiation, I don't really know what you want to call it, but you're going to have to prove yourself if you want to fit in with those dudes. I mean, look at Wee Man, 40-something years old probably, still getting thrown into the tables by Brock Lesnar. That is true. I mean, I did see that. I, that one looked like it hurt. I don't, gosh, because he went like right through the center of a center pole table, I guess you could say, you know. So, I mean, definitely took a good bump right there. Uh, but um, following this, you know, it goes into Sammy complaining to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville about his championship match. I guess you could say the drought that it's about, what, two months, I want to say? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a good amount of time that been building up, I guess you could say, the frustration in him. So I can understand that. But, yeah, he ends up getting his match, you know, two weeks from now. So we'll see how that goes. And then I know there is a voting on for the Patreon. So did you ever put your little vote in to see I Intercontinental did. a match or if Liv or not Liv, uh, Alexa Bliss will get a match? Or Dang, Veer Mahan or Veer Mahan shows up. Yeah. yeah, I voted for Veer. I think Veer is oh, going to be the yeah. one who shows up because it's so easy, right? Like the reason why I voted that one is because defending the Intercontinental Championship, that requires work. Def- or giving Alexa Bliss a match, that requires you to go out on a limb and either mm-hmm. make her look weak, strong, and so on with with her opponent. Bringing back Veer Mahan, you can bring him back. Give him some useless match, make him look decent for a couple of weeks, and then squash him, have him chasing the 24-7 championship. Like, they're still like, okay, like, we can easily debut this guy and then just push him to the side like we do literally every single other wrestler who makes a debut. So that's why I feel like that one's going to happen first because it's just routine. It's like the formula. You hype someone up. You give them these video packages. You make their debut long-awaited. You show up. They look good. They build a little bit of a fan base behind them. I don't know if that would happen with Veer, but that's typically what happens with some other guys. And then they go just like they vanish into thin air. They just get booked. Next thing you know, they're running in a single file line, chasing a 24-7 championship that I believe is held by Dana Brooke. Is that right? I don't I don't really see it on SmackDown very often, uh-huh. if at all. But on Raw, I believe it's still Dana Brooke, or does yeah. she lose it? No, I believe she's still holding out. I'm not too high on her. I mean, I've seen her... A handful of times, I guess you could say, especially in this past Royal Rumble. So, yeah, not too high on her, but uh, I believe she is still holding it. But, yeah, um, on my end, I, I voted for the Intercontinental Championship to be defended before the other two options. But the Veer Mahan thing, shout out DJ Kuzmo. I know he's uh, real high on that. Yeah, the, yeah beer watch is, uh, the, the Beer Watch is real. Okay, I understand it. I mean, he's definitely like a... I feared, I guess you could say, just from the little uh, pictures that I've seen of him and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to see him in the ring. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Intercontinental being defended before all that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll – oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say with the Intercontinental Championship, you've heard me rant about it. I've been – I've given up on it. I honestly have. We got have. two weeks. We got two weeks. And even if they do, I mean, I know that the match has already been set in stone, but dude, it has been so long. Like, <laughs> uh, it's to the point to where it's a joke. Like, are we seriously about to get it? Like, is this really happening? So, I mean, okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I'm, I would bet the house that Sammy takes it. I really think that he's going to win that match. I don't know if, what's his name? Rick Boogs is going to be involved, or if he's going to be in Shinsuke Nakamura's corner. But either way, I just feel like it's been long overdue that shinsuke drops that title i'm a huge shinsuke fan love him he has top three entrance music in the entire wwe in my opinion but he is not the best intercontinental champion right now and it's not his fault it's creative's fault he's not being booked properly as that champion but something has to give clearly they're not doing anything with him so at the very least let's get it on somebody else and let them fail with that person as well okay i mean i Kind of disagree with that. I mean, I kind of like the the belt being on his on his waist or Shinsuke at that, you know. But um, 
the uh, Sammy being a good uh, contender for it, you know, yeah. definitely not putting nothing past him. But uh, yeah, I, I, I got you. I got you. Well, finish up though. What were you saying? I was just gonna say he could even be the WWE champion, like believable Universal champion, in my opinion, with a little bit of build. He clearly mm-hmm. isn't gonna beat Roman Reigns for it, but Shinsuke Nakamura has credibility. He's believable. One of my personal favorites. And he's without a doubt capable of holding any championship, but you have to book him properly. The way that WWE has handled his title run is just a disgrace. It's not Shinsuke's fault. I just want to see some change. That's really the only reason why I'm really behind Sammy. And I just want to see, I guess, just a little bit of something different with Shinsuke. Okay, okay. I mean, but other than that, uh, let's go ahead and uh, keep on rolling here. Um, Right right after that, Natalya, she shows up, you know, same little backstage room. Uh, with Adam Pierce, she's and Sonya Deville, but she's complaining that she she wants a real match. You know, she wants to actually feel like Aaliyah. She or she actually hasn't felt like Aaliyah has beaten her in a you know count out submission type thing. So that's basically what she's demanding. I would say, you know, she demands a match with uh, Aaliyah for or that contains a submission or a count out. So they agree to it. So, yeah, in the next, I want to say, what, two weeks? Or actually next week. Sorry about that. Yeah, next week. Yeah, next week she'll be having that match. So, yeah, let's see how things go. This is kind of another one that we've talked about. They're really squeezing this. Aaliyah versus Natty getting another match. That's like, I think, four in a row. Every single week that you've been on Mm -hmm. the SmackDown Review with me, we've talked about an Aaliyah versus Natty segment. So it looks like it's going to continue next week. I'm all for Aaliyah continuing to win, keep her undefeated streak, I guess you can say, here alive. Because there's no reason for Natty to beat her. Aaliyah's the up-and-comer. She's the one with the future. Build her. Don't let Natty get the win here. I don't I don't feel like that would do anybody any good. But uh, if you don't have anything else on this one, I'm definitely good with moving on to the next segment. Uh, I'd, I'd just say, I mean, it just seems like it's just getting too easy for Aaliyah now, you know. Uh, I mean, of course, you have a... Uh, a great athlete in Natalia, you know, she has these records for a reason. It shouldn't be that she or Leah is just winning by these like rookie mistakes, you know, like like how this one was the uh, a count out, you know. Yeah, like whenever was like, Natalia what? was in control, whenever the yeah, she was, was like, like totally handling her. Yeah, she was like totally handling her, and then she just randomly gets thrown into a wall and forgets about it. You know, I mean, of course it's easy, but I don't know. I just see like. Uh, uh, too much rookie things happening in a veteran person that's on the roster. Yeah, yeah, it's making Natalia look weak and it's making her look stupid. Like that's yeah. just the number one thing about it. So I feel like the sooner that we get past this and move Aaliyah on to somebody else, then I feel like mm-hmm. the better. I mean, she's kind of getting the better out of Natty, and I think next week in that official match, we might finally be able to move past this feud. Yeah, some, something I would want to see just throwing it out there, I, like a Shotzi and Aaliyah type thing. I was Maybe thinking that, that honestly. That, that, that would be interesting to see right there, you know. That's like, I, I, I don't know. Like, Shotzi's new to me, and of course, Leah is new, you know. So, that, that that's something I'd want to see right there. Yeah, two recent NXT call-ups. They're kind of both in the same spot. Although Shotzi's definitely got a little bit more of the spotlight working with Charlotte and Sasha Banks already in her short tenure on SmackDown. But that's kind of what, the name that I had in mind whenever I said move on from Natty and move, work with somebody else. Somebody nice, like nice. Shotzi, like let those two, one of them canceled the other one out. Whoever wins that program moves on, moves up the ladder, and the other one goes to the back of the line. Just something that I feel like might be enjoyable and mm-hmm. might get some more fans behind one, if not both of those women. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. But yeah, uh, following this, uh, we got the Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal. Yeah, this was a kind of questionable thing it was a championship contender match uh i know we talked about it off air but i was i was kind of confused about it you kind of kind of put me on tune with it you want to elaborate well basically you kind of asked me the difference like what is a contenders match what's that mean and this is something that's mm-hmm. kind of been a topic here on the wwe podcast as of late and what there used to be Back whenever there was actually structure and these matches meant something, I guess they still do, but you know what I mean. Um, 
there was a thing called number one contenders, like two wrestlers would fight, and it was a number one contenders match. The winner would be the undoubtedly or the undisputed number one contender, and we would just get them and the champion and a little bit of a program building up to whatever pay-per-view. It doesn't really matter when the match happens, but they're the number one contender, and they get that match. They're guaranteed it. Well, now they're kind of – they're they're giving themselves an out. They're calling it, quote-unquote, contenders matches, which is just two wrestlers going at it, and even if they win, they're not guaranteed anything. They're not the number one contender. It's just basically telling you that they are a more – I guess, solidified contender, despite mm. everybody in the division technically being a contender because you're contending for that championship. You're out there competing on a weekly basis, some people, trying to inch closer to that championship match. So it's just weird. I'm not a fan of the whole contenders match thing, just like I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of the whole premier live event thing, just like I'm not a fan of the whole white ropes. No matter what, sometimes WWE just likes to kind of do what they want to do with these types of things and they like to experiment and that's kind of been something that they've done here lately with the whole contenders match thing. But this just seems like something that isn't going away. So I guess Jinder Mahal being in this contenders match, if he would have won, he would have maybe set himself up for a Intercontinental Championship match in the near future. Okay, yeah, I was just about to ask that because I was kind of confused, you know, because I, mean, I figured, you know, the number one contender in uh, Sami Zayn, you know. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, he comes out, or Sami Zayn comes out, commentate on this match, you know, of course he wants to give his one and two about all this stuff, so yeah, he basically just gets on the mic, talks about his humiliation that had happened with the Jackass premiere, so I mean, it, it, it was funny, man, so, I mean, I, 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 every time he's on the mic, I kind of like it, you know, he definitely brings like another attitude, another character to it, but yeah, I'm... He starts with, like, taking shots at Sinsuke about his performance. I mean, it did kind of look, like, a little lousy, you know, from him in the beginning. Like, maybe just kicking off a little bit of the rust and everything like that from his set of injury, I guess you could say. But um, it was pretty quick, too. I mean, the, the, this one didn't last too long. Shinsuke gets a win. Uh, and then, of course, he wants to showbelt, you know, putting the belt down in front of uh, Sammy to... You know, make him feel a little bit more, what, stronger, I guess you could say, in his up-and-coming up match. Yeah. Uh, Sammy was hoping for, like, a, like him to lose, of course. I mean, you know, of course you always want to see your opponent lose, you know, lose that momentum and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's what he was hoping for, and he didn't get what he thought, you know. It was definitely a, a kick in the butt right, right then and there after he had said that. But, yeah, what do you think? I mean, pretty good? Well, yeah. I mean, immediately after this match ended, I saw Pat McAfee, like, stand up from the commentary table, and him and Sammy Zayn were kind of, like, going back and forth. And that's when I texted you, hey, I can't hear what's going on. What the hell were they talking about? And that's when you kind of filled me in. So, yeah, um, Shinsuke obviously won this match. So, Jinder Mahal, despite having Shanky in his corner, he doesn't earn that, quote-unquote, contender status. So I guess he goes to the back of the line. I mean, something has to happen. There has to be some type of consequence. If you win something from winning the match, what happens if you lose? Nothing? Do you just get, I mean, next week get another contenders match? That's kind of where things get confusing here. So I'd be perfectly fine if Jinder Mahal goes to the very back of the line for not only the Intercontinental Championship, but every championship for that matter. I'm not really a gender fan. He's a good heel, and you need heels like gender to kind of put over babyface to have filler matches like this. Mm-hmm. But as far as him being like a contender for any championship, I'm good on that right now. Not in WrestleMania season. After Mania, whenever you know you're kind of in that that period where you can experiment with talent, you can experiment with matchups, then maybe give gender a little bit of a run. But right now, he needs to kind of just be in the uh Andre the Giant Battle Royal conversation, which is basically if you're not in a feud uh, WrestleMania season and you don't have a match, they throw like 30-plus people into the ring, and they have like a Royal Rumble-type Battle Royal, and the winner gets the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy, and every year we have a winner. You get your name etched on the trophy. It's like 2014 to 2020, something like that. 2021, actually, but... 
if you're in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, you get on the card, you're featured on WrestleMania, but it also means it's like a participation trophy. Okay, okay. Didn't know that. I mean, good information right there for me. Uh, but what, was that everything you had for this one? Pretty good? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I expected Shinsuke to win. The fact that Sammy was there made, made me kind of kind of think, are they going to give Jinder an opportunity here despite mm-hmm. Sami Zayn, the literal number one contender there, being at ringside? But him being there is kind of what told me, no, they're not. Shinsuke is going to get the win here. Sammy's going to be pissed off. And it's still going to be Sammy and Shinsuke on the collision course, and they're not going to throw in the wrench, which is Jinder Mahal. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, th- this one wasn't like too high on my list. I didn't really see like purpose for it, you know. So, okay, yeah. But after this one, a uh, quick little uh, video package from uh, the earlier with Go- uh, Goldberg and the Roman Reigns thing. So yeah, it's official. I mean, there's definitely going to be a match. And it's yeah, I think the buildup for this one's pretty good. You know, I'm I'm, I'm interested stuff like that. But right after this, I mean, it goes into a, another video package between Sonya Deville and Naomi at the uh, Royal Rumble. So yeah, uh, this one I feel like it's kind of getting dragged, but I mean, it, it's happening. You know, we, we have to be involved here. So yeah, I mean, there's a little confrontation between uh, Naomi and Sonya uh, backstage. And she's like basically like demanding a match, you know, within the next five minutes. So right then I was like, okay, we're about to see somebody get bashed, I guess you could say, you know. But of course, you know, Sonya, she does her little sliding out of getting out of the match and stuff like that. But it's a positive for Naomi because she basically like just gives her. Well, I wouldn't say gives her. I mean, she basically just throws it in the air that she's going to get a match between uh, Naomi and uh charlotte for the women's championship belt so that's a that's a big thing right there you know it's just like no don't play with me so that's how she kind of took it you know so uh adam pierce he actually just right then and there confirms it so that's that's a good on pace thing for her you know but sonya i figured she'd you know kind of man up woman up i guess you could say from what happened at the royal rumble but yeah what do you think about that well, I agree with you in a sense that it does seem like it's starting to drag on. Now, last week on the SmackDown review, we talked about Sonya Deville actually putting up a good fight oh, against yeah. Naomi. And we said, well, she entered herself in the Royal Rumble, so you know she's going to interfere. That exact thing happened. They showed that video package kind of reminding us, hey, Sonya Deville screwed Naomi again. She did try to get that match. She said, meet me in the ring right now. And the whole, well, I got this jacket on, you can't touch me. And I just think this is kind of weird. They give her this championship match. Now, typically, you'd be excited, right? You get a championship opportunity. You have a week to prepare for it. Why wouldn't you be excited about that? Well, it just kind of oh, yeah. sucks because what happens later in the show, obviously, who is waiting for Charlotte? Like, who the matchup that we know is going to happen at WrestleMania? So Naomi mm-hmm. is kind of like just getting thrown in, in here as like a little bit of like a stepping stone, similar to what Goldberg is. So Naomi's it's like a lose lose here. She doesn't get her hands on or on Sonya Deville, but now she also is getting fed to Charlotte when we know she has no chance to win this match. Like there's another opportunity. Like Charlotte isn't gonna lose to Naomi nine times out of ten. She's not gonna lose to Naomi at WrestleMania season. 100 times out of 100 like charlotte is not going to give this championship up that's pretty obvious i don't think anybody's expecting that but for me i would just rather see naomi and uh sonya deville go one more time like sonya say okay i held my own against you last time i damn near won you humiliated me at the royal rumble i got my revenge of you at that same rumble ended up eliminating you let's settle this let's have another match next week i feel better about my chances to beat you so let's do it. I would have much rather saw that or maybe even go at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. You know, let them go then. I don't like her just getting a random, out-of-nowhere championship opportunity that basically we know she's going to lose. I agree. I mean, it, like, like I said, it was kind of cool for her to get it, you know. But like I said, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see like a like a finish to this thing, you know, this little feud that they got going. But yeah, I mean... Obviously, it's just going to keep dragging out from here. So, yeah, let's just stay in tune, see what goes on. Yeah, 
I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm tired of it, but yeah, let's keep going. Um, so basically what happens here, we got the, the big E, Kofi, uh, Kingston versus the Los Lotharios. Uh, you know, basically starts with a, like a little photo shoot. I don't know if you, you seen it while you were there, but you know, they get interrupted by Big E and I don't know. It's a little backstage, a little scuffle, I guess you could say. So, I mean, it's kind of weird. I don't see the, the connection between the two, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm definitely ready for King Woods to come back. But yeah, I mean, this one, did you have anything for it? I mean, I, well, I thought it was around. funny. Yeah, uh, the match itself, the only thing I really noticed, Los Lotharios, I'm starting to really enjoy them as a tag team. They kind of remind yeah. me of the Guerreros back in the day, Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero. Um, mm-hmm. They just have that vibe, just kind of being Latinos and their matching gear is kind of similar to theirs. But not only are they great like tag team wrestlers in the ring, but their gimmick is something that we really haven't seen in a while, like two ladies' men. That are kind of teaming up together. They are supposed to be cousins. I don't know if that's kayfabe, which is basically just storyline. Like, I don't know if it's real or fake, if it's a work. Either way, they're, they feel like a good team. And another thing I want to add to this is Ashley, you know, my girlfriend, she was at this show with me and she's really, she's, she's high on the new day. She likes the new day. She's a new wrestling fan. So she hasn't been exposed to them for years and years and years. So she was like really excited. She legitimately got like popped whenever they came out. And then a couple got or a guy a couple rows over said New Day sucks and I could legitimately see her like get offended. Like it was her first wrestling <laughs> show. She doesn't really know, but it was just funny getting a chance to witness that. Uh Big E though, seeing him in person is a lot better than on TV. You can just I mean, whenever he was doing those belly to belly suplexes to Angel Garza and like they were like mm-hmm. meeting each other in the like they were like both running and they would collide and he would just grab him and hit him with that belly to belly suplex. I don't know what it was seeing that in person. It put Big E a couple levels up on my list. It really did. I'm not going to be fully behind him as long as he's in the new day. That's just how I feel about it. He needs to be by himself. He's a monster. If they were to give him a new finishing move, a new character, just bring him back, repackage the guy. He would be an absolute threat, somebody who is believable to beat Roman Reigns, and that's legitimately how I feel if you could build this guy up the right way. But the crowd was behind him when New Day got the hot tag. Every time he got in the ring, the crowd was just going crazy. They loved this dude despite him being in this kind of walking-in-place pattern that he's, that he's in with the New Day. He's not going any further. He's not going any lower. He's kind of just staying on that same level that he's been on since like 2018. Well, he had a little bit of a push as the champion, but it was short-lived. Now all of a sudden he's back to where he was. He's kind of just staying here on that flat level. So I can get behind Big E, but as long as he's in the New Day and doing this character, it's it's really tough. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I'm behind him. you know. And, and one thing I did find out, I know we were questioning it last week, uh, he he, has, he is actually on the SmackDown roster now. Yeah, so, I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, de- definitely crazy. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of behind him. I didn't like the the title push that he had. You know, I definitely didn't think that the way that he ended it, or the way it ended for him, was a positive. You know, kind of just put like a a damper on his on, on his on his backstory, I guess you could say. Yeah, like a little but, sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so him him coming back to, I guess, the New Day and company, you know, um, I haven't seen any of that, so it's kind of it's kind of exciting to see the roots, I guess you could say. But yeah, um, after this, well, basically, like the match, it, it really wasn't, it, it, it really wasn't too much, you know. I mean, the. Uh, the Los Lotharios, they look pretty strong at the beginning. You know, they basically could have won. Yeah. You know, yeah. but the but the, the ref, ref was the tag yeah, or distracted. The yeah, pinball, so, yeah. Yeah. So that that was definitely like a like questionable thing right there because it wasn't even like the ref was like hit or anything like that. It was just a little like, what the he heck? Was distracted. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, turn around, look over here. You know. But yeah. There's a match uh, going on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, what the heck? But yeah, um, you know. If, course they get or biggie and kobe kingston they get the win so i mean good push for them uh what do you think anything pop out oh really just agree with you it was a great match like booking wise 
like you said, they could have won. They had their spot in the match where they mm-hmm. could have won, but they lost. So Biggie and the New Day look strong, but also Los Lotharios don't look too weak because they could have won this match in the wrestling right. just right. from bell to bell. <clears throat> like I said, I don't know if it's just seeing them in person, but they're just a really good tag team, and they're definitely growing on me as the weeks continue to go. Okay, okay, I'm not mad at that. But yeah, let's keep going. Uh, Natalia, I mean, basically what happens, she, or actually, Kayla Braxton, she has a little backstage interview. I wouldn't say interview, but she's just talking. And she confirms the match between Drew and Madcap at the Elimination Chamber. So yeah, that's definitely possible. I don't know we were talking about it earlier, but definitely good because I'd rather see Drew and Madcap go at it rather than Drew and Corbin for some reason. I know you know, tall and tall, but, you know, it kind of gives like a, like a agility guide towards a power guy, you know, so maybe that can be like a good, like back and forth in this match. What do you think? I agree that Madcap is a better matchup than Corbin. We've seen Corbin. He's been thrown around. He's kind of the guy whenever I talk about in the last episode, whenever they like, they blow off heat way too early, you know, like Corbin is the epitome of that for the longest time. He was like an authority figure almost. Like he was kind of just like the right hand man to Shane McMahon or somebody like that. I don't remember exactly the dynamic, but he was kind of like in a Sonya Deville type role where he was wearing a suit every week and he was like an official. But anytime that he would get heat, it would get blown off immediately. So like Baron Corbin, he doesn't really scream great matchup for Drew McIntyre. I know you kind of want to see him get that revenge for doing what he did to him at day one or whenever that was. The video package they show of him having his neck in the chair and they just smash it, which looks absolutely terrible. Like if he misses when he slams that thing down, if he's like six inches to the right or less, he smashes Drew McIntyre's face. Like that's you got to have absolute trust in Baron Corbin to have him pull that off. But that's the main reason why, just how I view uh, Baron Corbin, why I'm more behind a Madcap matchup to see what he can do against Drew. But because it's WrestleMania season, Drew McIntyre's coming back from an injury. He's looking to get built up into the main event status. Madcap doesn't stand a chance. He's going to get his ass kicked pretty bad at a Elimination Chamber. Okay, I like it. Um, I definitely do like. The like having Drew in the in the list of contenders for you know the Universal Championship, but I mean of course it's probably like a long way long way coming for him to get there you know, but yeah we'll keep uh, keep on rolling. Uh, of course still with the uh, Kayla Braxton thing, uh, Natalia she actually shows up to her and she's she's pretty pissed. So I mean she wants to go to the women's locker room to confront uh, Aaliyah about what happened you know the match and everything like that. And of course, you know, the little shy character, I guess you could say, that's been hiding from us, Zia the protector, you know, she shows up, you know, and it's not, it's not disappointing, you know, because she's that person that's either like helping you or, well, basically just helping, you know, so it's, it's good to see her coming out here and there. I mean, you have any opinions on like what's possibly going on in her story? Uh, like Zia Lee you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of waiting. I think they're waiting, they're waiting for the right spot. She's kind of the epitome of these dark matches, you know, like the mm-hmm. matches that are going on before and after the actual televised shows in front of large crowds because they want to see how the crowd gauges there. Like they want to see how they react to her gotcha. coming out, her moves, all that stuff. So I think they're kind of just preparing her. They they do have high hopes for her or they wouldn't be featuring her on live television and giving her the role as like that protector like you kind of said. So they do have high hopes for her, and I think eventually she will get a run. But man, we've seen this happen before like where people are getting booked and they're just – they're kind of – they're getting airtime and they're getting built up. We saw it with Tony Storm. We've seen it with many people. Where it looks like they're about to get a nice little push, and then bam, they're gone. We don't know what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to happen with uh, Io. Wait, not Io. Zia Lee. Sorry, Io Shirai. <laughs> she had a, she, she's an NXT woman, and yeah, she, she had a dark match, and they're actually kind of similar. But Zia Lee, I do think she's going to have a nice little run here on SmackDown. We just got to get her the matches. Like, what are we waiting on? I want to see her in the ring. If she's protecting people, are you telling me she can't have a one-on-one match with Natalia mm-hmm. or – even Zia Lee, we could have a babyface versus babyface match. We've done it before. So 
I just want to see more of Xia Li, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Because she wasn't even in the Royal Rumble. I thought she was going to be in the Royal Rumble. I mean, there's 30 women. You brought back legends. Why was Xia Li not featured in that? I just, I, I guess I can't just wrap my mind around that and then get excited for what they have planned. Because while I say, yeah, they're, they're trying to get something going for her and they have high hopes, why wouldn't you put a rising star in the Royal Rumble? Because that's what the Rumble's for. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm definitely behind the the character that they got going for her. Like, I like the little protector, you know, that they're trying to give uh, to her and stuff like that. But I agree, the Royal Rumble that should definitely should have been like a good platform for her to show herself, you know. But yeah, she basically like has Natalia like double thinking herself, so she like walks away, you know, without even saying anything, to, you know, trying to. Just avoid that situation that she had ran into. But yeah, like right after this, it was a quick little transition as well. Here comes Charlotte. You know, huge. I'm pretty sure that you had a good little experience with that because it, it just sounded pretty good on the TV, you know. So yeah, her coming out and everything like that. She basically like, I don't know. She she's starting to trump herself in my in my eyes, you know. It's crazy. But, but yeah, but she she meets Sonya in the ring and basically she's just telling her that um Rhonda has chosen Becky from her Royal Rumble winning, you know. So she that, that's who she's like making it seem as if that that's the direction that she's wanting to go. And then of course Charlotte, she comes in and she's she's busting herself, saying that of course she she doesn't have what it takes to take take her on. That's why she chose Becky. You know, it's better for her, like the mom versus mom type thing, you know. And I was like, OK, that's a little shot right there. Well, what, what wasn't what, what wasn't something that you want to say to keep the other person away from coming to, you, you know. So that's definitely what it brought it to. You. And of course, who comes out? Rhonda. And I, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, crowd seemed a little bit quieter on this part. What do you think? Well, this like, is TV wise. Are uh, you talking about just, like entrance wise? Yeah, like whenever she entered, it just seemed like like it. They 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 weren't too much high on it, you know. Honestly, man, Ronda probably got the loudest pop of the night just in really? the actual crowd. Yeah, her, Biggie, one of those two. They really did. I, I don't really know exactly what it is. The crowd was behind Goldberg as well, but keep in mind, mm. Goldberg is originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma, so kind of a little bit of a hometown kid here, but ah, man, I, I thought the crowd was into it. I, I really did. I thought they were really behind yeah. Ronda, but I could see why on TV it might not seem like that, especially her actual return at the Royal Rumble was way louder. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, I maybe it's just me being a, a Ronda hater. I mean... Could, could be. be me, could be me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basically, let's get back to that. Uh, you know, of course, Charlotte, she she chooses Sasha to be her opponent, opponent. and then, like, you know, I, I guess you could say, what, kind of high on it, kind of low on it. But I, 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 I love that. I love that hypothetical. Like, that's what sucks is because this wasn't true what she said, but it's legitimately the better matchups. Becky versus Ronda, there's history there. Becky Lynch literally took that championship from ronda rousey the only loss ronda rousey has in wwe is that triple threat at main or at wrestlemania the main event whenever becky lynch pinned charlotte wait i don't remember exactly how that happened it was like a, it was like a sloppy finish i remember that i remember people were pissed off with how that match ended between yeah. becky ronda and charlotte the triple threat but that's when Charlotte lost her championship and Becky – or not Charlotte. Well, Charlotte did too because Charlotte went into that match as a champion. So did Ronda. Becky beat both of them, and she took both of their championships and became Becky two belts. So it's there. Why wouldn't Ronda come back and say, all right, I had my baby. You had, you had a baby as well. Let's go. We're both back. Let's do this. We kind of – we have unfinished business here. So I'm there for that. And then last week, the week before, I hyped up Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. And I kind of said how that makes sense, how we can get that going. And I'd be excited to be covering that on SmackDown because we saw them have like an interaction last week whenever Sasha made her return before the Royal Rumble. And we saw them have their little face off. And I got excited. So in my head, when Sasha's saying that, or not Sasha, Charlotte, sorry, you can tell it's the end of the show here. Whenever 
Charlotte was saying that in the ring, that those were going to be the WrestleMania matchups. I was like, man, this makes sense. I could kind of feel that it was a work. Ronda was advertised to show up, so I was like, well, Ronda's going to show up, call Charlotte's bluff, say you're wrong, and that's pretty much exactly what happened, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a good little interaction between them. Uh, it, it was crazy to see. Well, let's let's backtrack a little bit because you know, Ronda she makes her little decision to uh, actually challenge. She takes away her Becky decision to challenge Charlotte. You know, and of course she's like, "I'll see you at WrestleMania bleep." You know, so it's definitely like a good, like quick little. Oh, I'm I'm gonna come after you, but uh, Charlotte, she was out there pushing buttons, you know. So I understand exactly why she made that little quick decision to do that. But uh, you know, quick little mic drop from Ronda after she had said that, and then here comes Charlotte with some mean comments, yo. I mean, about her daughter. Yeah, about the baby. Like, how how could you just like straight face to face, like, especially like with the face that Ronda had on, you know, like. You just don't want to mess with that, you know, like just knowing the background and everything. But that's yeah, what she makes Charlotte so good on the mic. If she hits you where it I, hurts, I agree. I mean, she she definitely does, especially like like just going back with the Tony Storm stuff. Yeah, she definitely like knows how to embarrass you, you know. And I, I I think it's just crazy that like she's pretty brave, you know, for face to face interactions like that. Yeah, she's definitely pretty brave. Oh yeah, Charlotte's got. Yeah, I, I give her something. I give her that. Yeah. But yeah, um, other than that, um, yeah, she basically just says like the the belt is prettier than, or her, her baby referring to the belt is prettier than Ronda's baby, and I was just like, oh yeah, you 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 done messed up right there, you know, you definitely just gonna wake up. That starts taking off the jacket. The the name on that shirt that she's wearing, you know, she's you you you're gonna get that, you know. So I mean, it's it, it it's good. I mean, I'm I'm definitely into it. I mean, I'm definitely cheesing while I'm saying all this. So fans, yeah, I'm I'm into this one. I am too, man. I really am. This just has one of the feels to it, like it's a like it's just like an icon versus icon, pretty much. Like Ronda might not have that type of resume in the WWE. But she's an athletic figure. Like in terms of like women athletes, you can love Ronda, you can hate Ronda. She's made a name for herself in the UFC. How it ended, I know you're not necessarily a big fan of that, but she's here and now she's going against the top dog, the biggest woman in the business right now. So it's a money matchup. I can understand that. I personally think it makes a lot more sense having her go against Becky, but we'll get there eventually. Like I said, you don't want to empty all your bullets right now. WrestleMania in Dallas, having Charlotte and Ronda one-on-one. I mean, it's money. It really is. I could see maybe yeah. Sasha Banks being added. Well, kind of like Seth Rollins. We kind of talked about him being added to the whole Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar dynamic. Do you see a way, do you see an avenue that Sasha Banks gets added to – the uh the Ronda Rousey and Charlotte picture because isn't it official at WrestleMania it's Lita versus Becky Lynch? Yeah. That, okay. that is official. Yeah. Then you're not gonna you're not gonna throw Sasha into that one. That makes absolutely no sense. She's mm-hmm. on SmackDown, right, Sasha? Yeah, she is. Alright, well then I mean who else is she gonna go against? You're not gonna keep Sasha off the card. Last year she had match of the night with Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, so I don't really know what you're gonna do there. I don't want to see another triple threat. I'm going to go on record and say that. I would rather it be one-on-one, Ronda versus Charlotte. But I just feel like you have a wild card there with Sasha, and I don't know what you're going to do. Now, hear me out here. I've been seeing Trish Stratus train. I predicted her to make a comeback at the Royal Rumble. It didn't happen. She's still on the table for Sasha Banks. It can still happen. They don't have a lot of time. they got to hurry. If they're going to do this, we got to have her start rolling here, and I might be kind of, you know – basically talking on deaf ears because this might not even happen but either way i just feel like if you have sasha there the matchup is there they want to do it so why not make it happen trish stratus versus sasha banks and then you have three absolutely money matchups at uh, wrestlemania for the women Uh, i mean i'm I'm not too high on that i'd rather see you know just charlotte and ronda sasha she's been kind of just like thrown under the bus in these past couple contender matches you know and stuff like that so i'm already getting into that little role that she's getting like pushed behind like a Liv morgan type deal bianca belair and stuff you know 
but um that, that that's just i see that, that how i see her position going for right now i, I guess maybe because the injury that she had before the royal rumble and stuff like that but other than that yeah i just don't i'd rather see the the one-on-one i'm right there with you buddy well yes sir isn't well, that yeah. it doesn't that do it for us here on the show Oh, I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, ju- just that little interaction that they had, you know, Sonya trying to break up everything, stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, it was basically just a, a straightforward thing, you know. Like, you push the bear's buttons, you're going to get well, what you're asking for, you know. So, yeah, R- Ronda, she's definitely going to be a good matchup with the Charlotte thing. Yeah, the crowd was eating that up when she was taking off her jacket just slowly after mm-hmm. they just knew that Charlotte messed up. Like as soon as he mentioned her baby, it's no secret. Ronda Rousey is like, as she should be, as all mothers are, absolutely obsessed with her new baby. Oh, yeah. It's obvious. <clears throat> and yeah, like you said, you got to have a lot of balls to take that shot face-to-face with Ronda Rousey and basically say that your piece of leather and metal championship is prettier <laughs> than her baby that she carried for nine months. But yeah, Anyways, big disrespect. On that note, I mean, I don't really have much to, you know, say anymore. I sound like an absolute stooge on this audio stuff. I do apologize for that. I do, I do want to give a shout out to John. He absolutely carried this episode. Without a doubt, I'm going to say this on the air. His best episode, in my opinion, that he's had. I'm not even going to wait till after we're done recording. I just feel like, you know, just him kind of spreading his wings a little bit. I needed the help because of this audio issue. If this was just me talking by myself like this, you guys will probably already be turned it off by now. You wouldn't even be to this point in the episode. So I just want to go ahead and give a shout out to John for helping. This is kind of the moments in podcasting that you get better and that you kind of get more comfortable because you kind of have to kick the training wheels off. You know, I use the analogy all the time with uh, Forrest Gump. You know, when Forrest Gump is running and he has those leg braces on, he's kind of restricted a little bit, and then he just kind of starts kicking them off, and the next thing you know, he starts moving, and he starts running all the way to like a scholarship to Alabama. I mean, you guys know. If you've seen Forrest <laughs> Gump, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, just yes, want to sir. give a quick shout-out to John for doing a great job. Also want to give a shout-out to the listeners. If you are a first-time listener, thank you so much for choosing this podcast. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for making it part of your weekly routine. Uh, if you come back next week, I promise I'll have my actual equipment. I will not sound like an absolute jagoff. So thank you for tuning in. John, the floor is yours. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely would uh, want to give a shout out to you, man. Thank you. I mean, I hope you enjoyed your time out there. I doubt. I bet it was a, a definitely a crazy little ride, especially with all the snow out there and everything like that. So, yeah, uh, thank you to the fans. Um, thank you for the open arms, Matt. And I do have a big shout out I would want to say to my buddy Caleb, man. Happy birthday, bro. I hope you enjoy it out there. And yeah, man, safe travels back. Hope to see you all on Monday. Oh, yeah, always appreciate it. It is Caleb Grant. He is a listener here on the SmackDown Review and the WWE podcast. My roommate, he actually, as the clock has passed midnight, just turned 30. His birthday just happened. So shout out to Caleb Grant. Happy birthday, buddy. Glad that I was able to go on this trip, and he actually went to SmackDown with me, so he got to experience all this stuff with me. So shout out to him. Shout out to Matt. I do apologize for this audio issue. Trust me. I have my own podcast. I know how important it is to have good audio. So this is something that I definitely don't like, but like I said, apologize at the beginning of the show. I'm apologizing now. So just know I am sorry. It's not John's fault. It's not Matt's fault. It's my fault. So with all that being said, guys, hope you guys all have a great weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.